0: You're listening to a bonus episode of The Dairy Age, featuring Chagasks' weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast.
1: Good morning, everybody. You're very welcome to this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar. We're joined this morning, actually, by a previous host. We have George Ramsbottom back with us for one day only, I think, George talking about the Climate <laughs> Advisory Programme. So, George is just on maybe for the next 15 minutes um, to give us an explanation in terms of the background about the programme and I suppose more importantly, you as listeners, um, how do you get involved and, and the benefits from your own point
0: of view. So, um, we're delighted to have you on, George. Um, Thanks, James. James, so, i tell you, the wheels have fallen off the cart in the last 100 days since I jumped ship when I hear a Western correspondent talking about drought in the west of Ireland.
1: It was on there for six or seven what, weeks.
0: Um, what are um you doing? Looking,
1: looking for rain, I think. What
0: um, are you doing?
1: so we have you on the other side of the table today, George. Um, we have I no, suppose,
0: side of the table, yeah, I suppose, I'm on the program, James. This is not the same, yes. it's a signpost advisory program. Let's get her let's get the facts right first before we start.
1: Apologies. So, I suppose, <laughs> I, I, explain a little bit, George, about the. The, the thinking behind the program, maybe, okay. maybe where the idea has come from, and, and what you are trying to achieve.
0: Okay, so I suppose there's a, there's a fairly ambitious target there to hit. Gages emissions reductions of around 25 percent in the kind of greenhouse gas that agriculture is producing. Now, I kind of I said, Jane, this is, this is an interesting sort of a program. It's it's going to be a fair challenge now to to move, turn this ship around, and and keep 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 farmers profitable and in, in production at the same time. So I said, I to have a go with this anyway and see how, see how it will work out for us. So I applied for the programme anyway and I was successful, lucky enough to be successful in getting it. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm leading, I'm leading a team of just over 20 advisors. They're all dedicated to this programme. We We've kick, we kicked off in early June after BIS was over. A lot of them are fairly experienced in the job and have been around a while and uh, know how to work with and influence farmers. So it's it's, look, it's it's been a busy hundred days. I thought I'd missed the dairy um, and I haven't had a minute to miss the dairy, to be honest with you. And I, I love the job I had, and I love the job I've gone now. It's just great. It's really exciting. So, I suppose, why why do we need to change? I suppose it's probably the right thing to do uh, from an environmental perspective. I suppose um, the customers are demanding, it. legislation is in place to try and force us or push us down this road. And I suppose that what I'm focusing on is is profitable and economic from uh, for farmers to do as well. So, there's a whole heap of reasons why we should go this route. Mm. Um, the team is in place and we're ready, we're ready to move on this now as well, James. You know,
1: And I suppose that in terms of, as you say, in terms of the need, um, tell us a little bit. I've seen these were very busy the other day in, in Chagas Park. I think there was big numbers of farms um, signed up. But maybe explain to us a little bit what, from, I'm a dairy farmer in terms of what exactly yeah. do I need to get involved, um, George, or, or how do I get involved? Yeah.
0: So you're a dairy or a dry stock farmer, you want to, you want to engage in the programme. So there's a couple of steps. The first is you apply. It's as simple as that. The handiest way to apply is to go online and complete an online application form. Now, we have a, a whole, we've hundreds and hundreds of applications in already online. Some of some them have been dealt with. And tomorrow tomorrow afternoon, I'm sitting down and I'm pulling out the whole series of applications that are there. And I'm up to diving them up to the regions to make sure that everyone... Who applied in the last number of weeks, that or months or so, is is being contacted in the next week to ten days. That's the first thing. So you apply. The second thing you want to do then is you'll be invited to attend a workshop. And for some people it'll be it'll be face to face, but for most people, because we've we've an ambitious target to achieve a fifty thousand engagements. So for most people, it'll mean attending a workshop. And at the workshop, you learn what your what your carbon number is, and that's the emissions from your farm based on the. Activities that you're carrying out on that farm, where that data is coming from, it's been generated through a program called AgNav. AgNav has been developed by a guy called Jonathan Jonathan Heron, who was at the at the who was at Park Open Day, um, and uh, but it's, it's it's developed in conjunction between ourselves in Chagask, but also with ICBF. We're getting numbers from ICBF, and we get numbers from the board via sustainability survey that they carry out on an eighteen month basis. So there's a lot of data going in behind this. So you, the second you do is you learn your number. You know what your carbon emissions are,
1: and that's something, George. I suppose that all dairy farmers, um, th- they have been involved in the process in terms uh, in terms of no know, but knowing their carbon um, figure within the within the farm gate for the last number of years in terms of through the board B audit. So um, it's it's not that you're ultimately fit to pull that figure in. It isn't that the farmer needs to gather an awful lot of data for you in terms of to participate right. with this, is it?
0: So we had a couple of hundred people came to us and interacted with us at, at Park on Tuesday, uh, the 4th of July. And uh, for everyone that was there, they went away when they came to us, sat down on the plot. We put them into the system and we were able to generate a, a carbon number, or carbon figure for their farm. Basically, what, what we do is we call it a carbon figure. What we're doing is we're converting all of the gaseous emissions from your farm into a carbon dioxide equivalent and uh, letting you know what the tonnage is for your farm. And by and large, the we're dealing with we were dealing with very good people that day and the carbon figures were pretty efficient on a per kilo basis, uh, by and large. Yeah, with a few with a few uh, people. With, a couple came to me, there were two two friends and we we're figuring out which one them was the better farmer. But they were they we're still talking at the end of the day.
1: You're already adding a little bit of competition. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: in terms of uh, that process then, and maybe we'll come on to in yeah. terms of how how your advisors on the ground are going to deal with farmers um, directly. But that process on the day, how long does that take um, to complete?
0: Yeah, so look at the the second step anyway. The, the second step is to learn your number, figure out what your carbon emissions are. And the third step then will be to create a plan for that. So typically what's happening is, it'll be at the moment it's going after the workshops that take place, that the advisor will have a go with you at creating a tailor-made plan, maybe pick out the three or four activities that are going to have the biggest impact on reducing your carbon emissions on your farm early on. And then there's a bit of support there by the advisor for up to three years to ensure that the the targets and activities or plans that you set in place, technology you want to adopt, whether it's uh, protected urea incorporating clover improving soil fertility you get a bit of support over the next couple of years to ensure that those uh, activities happen and finally the the, the last thing we want to do is we want to report on the progress that's been made because it's very important we're, we're the one industry it's, we've a great industry we're, we're the one industry that has um that has a fairly good plan in place to tackle the emissions targets that have been set for them a very clear plan And uh, I want to report on the progress that farmers are making because it's it's important that the wider uh, population knows the uh, sincerity and focus that farmers have on improving the situation in terms of gaseous emissions in their farms. Yeah, absolutely.
1: As always, folks, if you have any questions for George, do pop them in the chat box. We have one there, which we will come to. Um, Pop them in the chat chat box. And before we let George go, we will... um, we we'll, we'll get them maybe to try and answer a few of those you mentioned that in terms of the reporting, and i suppose one thing um which i know some farmers have been asking to get involved in the program George they know their figure um as you said there's there's an individual plan then put in place yeah is that explain agnav a little bit in the fact that is is it fit to actually um is it fit to actually show um the improvements um, from a carbon footprint point of view if different technologies are put in place or how
0: exactly does it work? So what what we can do with the AgNav at the moment, the AgNav program, it'll tell you, first of all, what your carbon footprint is. And then there's three three areas then that we can look at. We can look at areas around uh, nitrogen application rates and nitrogen sources. We can look at uh, factors around the grazing season length we look at uh, issues around story application and we can give you an estimate based on peer-reviewed research of the impact of those activities on the reduction in in emissions that will come from your farm so over the next number of months a year or so there'll be a whole series of other actions and technologies added to that list that's available on AgNav and allow you so it's early days yet so it's very very interesting people love the interaction with looking at uh, how those uh, technologies changed the carbon footprint of their farm the last day. And I see a huge goal for, for doing more of that in the years to come. And it will change. It will improve over the next number of years.
1: And as you say, George, all of those technologies are sitting there um, and have been for the last number of years. So th- yeah. they're there ready to be used on farms. It's not that um, ultimately we're waiting on technologies. No doubt no. there'll be further technologies, but there's plenty there sitting ready to be implemented at the moment. Um then, another question in terms of which cropped up um at a, at a at a recent um committee meeting was, "Will there be credit given i suppose your 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 targets and we will speak about maybe the targets in terms of sign up farmers in a moment, targeting to sign up an awful lot of farmers, get them involved, get one to one plans done and um, you're going to track change over time um yeah. Are dairy farmers going to get credit for that at at at, at a national scale?"
0: Uh, I, I think if we can show, if we can show progress, it'll 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 sit very well in terms of the in, in the intention and in terms of the changes taking place with the wider population. Absolutely. And no, no doubt, James, and I've, I've said this, I flagged this a bit, there'll be a few turns in the road too. It won't all be, it won't all be perfect. But look, the longer term is where we're aiming for and the goal is set for us now. We want to head that in that, that direction. I'm confident we can achieve it. Yeah, but to achieve it, James, we need everyone doing their part, big and small. So, for example, I'm looking at data for uh, uh, emissions from a very large dairy farm two two million kilos of carbon dioxide equivalent being produced, and a, a small uh, suckler farmer in Leitrim uh, seventy eight uh, uh, tons of car- carbon dioxide equivalent. So there's a a huge difference in scale, but but both of them are both of them are, can have a can have a positive role to play and everyone needs to play their part. So we need we need a technology adoption or action by people who engage, but we also need a lot of people engaged if we're going to hit the kind of targets we're talking about. And it's it's up to everyone to get involved. yeah
1: absolutely. Um in terms of targets, um what's what's the plan in terms of the, the number of farmers you're trying to get involved? As many well, as possible, you're going to tell There's
0: 130,000 farmers in the country, but we believe we can we can hit 50,000 farmers. Now, just to put that in context, Chagas has about 40,000 clients. So we're trying to hit more farmers than we have clients. The service is free to everyone, whether you're a client or a non-client, but we need maximum engagement. I think if we hit 50,000 farmers and we hit a lot of the bigger farmers in that and all the dairy farmers, I think we can achieve the kind of targets that are being set for us or go a very long way to achieving them. If we're honest about it, James, have we the technology at the moment to hit a 25% reduction if we got full engagement? The answer is no, but we have we have enough technology there to hit about 17 or 18% at the moment. But there's a couple of new technologies in the pipeline, principally around slurry additives, but more importantly around feed additives that will get us the rest of the way. Because the big the big emitter of carbon of carbon dioxide equivalent is the the greenhouse gas uh, methane and that's because we're a ruminant nation we've lots of sheep and lots of cattle compared to what many of our, our contemporaries that's where the big um, the big gaseous emissions are coming from but well, we have additives coming that that will that we hope will will have a big impact on that and cause significant reduction over the next number of years
1: very good we've a couple of questions in there folks and if there is any more um i suppose are you doing any work, I suppose, with farmers using foliar urea is a question. and I actually came up with Deirdre Hennessy
0: on one of the boards the other day. What did you say, James? <laughs> I know the interview again. Yeah, uh, there,
1: there, there's no peer-reviewed um, work as such, no. but there's there's studies started and will be more studies starting um, um, with regards to that. So um, okay. that's ultimately what's happening in that space. Um, the other question is... Uh, farmer planning on putting in red clover silage after second cut, thinking of burning it off after um, after cutting mm-hmm. it. Um, so I suppose they're wondering in terms of it's getting late. Um, is that still recommended? Um, what's the thoughts?
0: Getting late for it, James? Would you put it in?
1: It's, it's getting late in terms of, I know in Bally Hayes, there was um, red clover silage crops put in last year. And it's just in terms of managing those in late season, George, really, isn't it? Um, new um, getting it sprayed. It really will depend on how soon that second cut crop is is harvested. I, I, would I, would, would I, there be an opportunity to spray there before, before cutting, actually, to save you a bit of time was. there, George? you are
0: going, going about a week ahead on a crop like that, spray it off. I, I think I'd go for it, um, but it's it's a brilliant crop. The red clover is is just great, um, and it's it probably has greater potential to fix nitrogen even than white clover has. Mm. I've seen a few crops of it now, and hugely impressive what's going on. But you need a couple of things. You need a high pH for it. So you're going to need a pH of around six seven probably six five to six seven for it to ensure survival. And the second thing you're going to need, you're going to need to feed a lot of P P and particularly K on that crop. It's a hungry crop for K. So it'll need index 3 for P and it'll certainly need index 3 for K as well. And it'll need to be fed after it's put in and fed P and K every every month of the year and early next year to make sure that it establishes that. You have time, but you want to get moving at it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think Nikki and the team had massive interest. It was a very good demo with Merperk um, yeah. the other day and there was massive interest in in, in that. I suppose, George, we'll, what I want to do is maybe give you, if there's no more questions, give you the last comment on the program. Um, just maybe... One liner to listeners and, and to encourage them to
0: okay. Um, if we're to have if we're to hit the kind of targets that have been talked about, we need full engagement. We need everyone participating in the program. The program is open and it's free of charge. We have a team of dedicated advisors. Uh, where people say to me, you know, George, why would we go for this? We, we haven't got the technology there to hit the 25% reduction. No, but we've technology there to hit 18%. And get those ones going first and the other ones will follow in their own time. I often think of the I often think of the thing about when do when is the best time to plant a tree? And the answer is the best time is always twenty-five years ago. But when is the next best time and it's now? And the same applies to this, James. It's the very yeah. same.
1: Absolutely. So look at we're really encouraging farmers to to do sign up, get involved. There's a dedicated team of of advisors on the ground now and um, it's in process folks so I suppose the most important thing there is sign up get involved over the coming weeks um, as always George thanks very informative in terms of um, your new role um, which is going to be a busy role over the coming years and no doubt we'll um, we'll have you back on to explain how, how the process is actually going. Um, next week folks we have uh, Joe Patton head of Dairy Dairy KT, who is coming on um, to discuss some of the key messages um, uh, after Moorah Park 23. So we'll see what were the key themes and key messages for the listeners that maybe didn't get an opportunity to attend. So as always, folks, for the coming week, um, farm safely, and we'll see you next week.
0: That's all for this week's bonus episode from the Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with the usual Dairy Edge podcast on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Stuart Childs, and thanks for listening.